0: You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Dan Feldman here. Welcome to Locked On Pistons. You can follow Locked On Pistons on Audio Boom or subscribe on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Feldman NBA. The Cavaliers just beat the Pacers in their first round series. The Cavs swept the Pacers, but they won all four games by a combined 16 points. Why am I bringing this up on the Pistons podcast? Because we're about one year removed, and I'm not even sure we're entirely removed, but we're one year from all this talk of, wow, the Pistons played the Cavs so tough. Sure, the Pistons got swept, but man, did you see how hard Detroit competed? How much they really pushed and challenged LeBron and the Cavs? And at the time, I said that was a dumb narrative. And I'm going to call it a dumber narrative now. Now we have some good perspective. The Cavaliers outscored the Pacers by a combined 16 points. Last year, the Cavs beat the Pistons by 17 points in Game 2 alone. It was not a particularly close sweep. It was not a particularly overwhelming sweep either. You look at the history of sweeps, the combined margin, this one was pretty middle of the road. The Pistons. For the Cavs' Pacers... It was the smallest margin ever, tied with the 1975 finals between the Warriors and Washington Bullets. The Pacers were in every game at the end. Every game came down down the the stretch. There was some drama at the end. 16 total points. Pistons lost by 17 in Game 2 last year. 17 in Game 2 alone. Game 3, the Pistons lost by 10. Now the other games were close. Cavs won Game 1 by 5. Cavs won game four by two. There was some fouling at the end of game three that might have pushed that lead up a little bit. But it was still only an averagely close sweep, and it was still a sweep. We were just debating the terms of a sweep, and people still talk about this. People still talk about the Pistons pushing the Cavs. It's it's calmed down a little bit, but still something that comes up as such an incorrect narrative. And I wonder whether the team bought into it at all. And I think at this point, if they did, we could say it was for worse. Sometimes that can be good. Sometimes it can be a rallying point, and you can convince yourself that you're better and tougher than you are and make it true because you believe it. It can be a good thing. You can delude yourself into something positive like that. I don't think anything positive came for the Pistons the last year in that regard. So if there were any positive positive effects, the team believed it, uh, I think we can eliminate that. But did the team believe it? I don't know. I don't know if they did, but there was so much talk about it. And I think the most important thing for a franchise, from a a team-building perspective, the most important thing is knowing where you are and where you want to go. It's nice to have a plan how to get there, but first you've got to correctly assess where you are and where you want to go. Now, I was wrong about where the Pistons were. If you listened, if you've been listening all year, you know where I had them in the preseason. I had them fourth in the East. I correctly said that there are three teams in the East above and beyond everybody else. And that's the Cavaliers, Celtics, and Raptors. And I think the season proved that correct. And I said that fourth spot was up for grabs. uh, And there wasn't a ton of separation between four and 10, 11, wherever. And that proved correct. But I thought the team that was going to get that four spot was the Pistons. My second choice was the Wizards, who were the team that ended up getting it. The Wizards emerged from that pack and at times looked closer to those top three teams than the rest of the pack. But they were probably somewhere in between. But the reason I had faith in the Pistons not once had anything to do with them challenging the Cavs in the first round. That was absolutely zero of my prediction of my understanding of where this Pistons team was. Now maybe in the ways I was wrong, maybe the Pistons realized why I was wrong, and maybe I wasn't wrong. Maybe it was just Reggie Jackson's injury and the trickle-down effects, and although even once he got hurt, I was still sticking with fourth. Maybe maybe internally, Stan Van Gundy and co., they had an idea of the things were going to go south for other reasons that I didn't see. But we're balancing that with the idea, but at least we challenged the Cavs in the first round and came real close in a sweep. Maybe that was part of the thinking and the mindset of, of how they approached this year, how they rounded out this roster, what trades they made or didn't make, more importantly. Maybe. I think it's very important to realize where a team is. And maybe the Pistons do have a good sense of where they are internally and where they want to go. But I think if we're evaluating where they are, you've got to look at that sweep last year as just a typical sweep. That there was nothing special about it. If you watch this Cavaliers Pacers series, you saw the difference. Paul George was a special player, unlike anybody the Pistons had. Now, maybe the Pistons were a little deeper last year than the Pacers are this year. But not necessarily so much. Pacers have a couple nice supporting players. And I'm not even sure if the Pistons were deeper. Um, Miles Turner is a nice Young player who's, who's going to become very good in this league. Uh, not there yet, but he's already pretty good. Jeff Teague, uh, after a real slow start to the season, had come around a lot. Land Stevenson uh, plays at least fairly well, at minimum, only for the Pacers. And so he was fairly good in this series. The Pacers were a lot more competitive. If you watch that Pacers-Cavaliers series, you saw the difference. And That's not just to say the Pacers are on the verge of something. Because they were an older team. That's where my faith in the Pistons came from. Not that they played the Cavs close, but just that they made the playoffs as an extremely young team. The Pistons were the youngest team in the playoffs last year. The Pacers were more of a veteran team with designs of winning more now. Larry Bird made some moves to get this Pacers team ready. It didn't work. Monty Ellis does not fit. Thaddeus young, was fine, but not a difference maker. Al Jefferson, uh, the same, but for a lesser role. So the Pacers might be more disappointing, but they were capable of playing the Cavs close. And so it was a different thing. And if you watch that series, you'd realize that. And I think it's important to note that because it gives us a lot more perspective about where the Pistons were last year, which could inform our understanding of where they are now. All right, I want to talk about Scott Perry, the former Pistons assistant general manager going to the the Kings. Uh, But first, I want to talk to you about SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to, and none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. I just used it the other day to look for Tigers tickets. SeatGeek is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or concert. Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparing for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work and you save time and money. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is graded based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab and click Add a Promo Code, enter the promo code LOPistons. That's L-O as in Locked On Pistons. L-O Pistons. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LOPistons today. Okay, the Magic fired their general manager, uh, Rob Hennigan, which I think was a deserved move, made sense. Something they had to do. There are a lot of people in the NBA who think Rob Hennigan's very smart, and I'm not saying they're wrong. But he had five years to put the magic on the right track. Not to fix them, but to put them on the right track. And talk about a team that didn't know where they were. They knew where they wanted to go. They wanted to become a playoff team, but they had no idea where they were. They had no idea how far they were from that. And so they couldn't plan accordingly. And they could never pivot goals. Because once you get so far away from that, maybe you should pivot goals into, into aiming higher and say, hey, we're, we're really far from making the playoffs, uh, but what if we can secure like a really high draft pick and, and then aim for a higher ceiling rather than just getting into the playoffs and feeling good about that modest goal? You've got to be able to pivot goals. Magic couldn't do that. They couldn't meet their, their modest goals. They couldn't change goals. Just completely off track for, for years under Rob Hennigan. And so that reflects on the whole front office, which included Scott Perry. Scott Perry was with the Pistons under Joe Dumars. Long time in Detroit, uh, a nice success story that he he rose up and and got this better job. He was uh, part of the Pistons front office when they built the the '04 uh, championship team. He, he's a local guy. He went to uh, he grew up in Michigan in Detroit. Uh, went to Oregon, transferred back to Wayne State. Coached at uh, the University of Michigan. Uh, and then eventually joined the Pistons' front office under Joe Dumars and had success, worked his way up. Good story, great story. He goes to the Magic. Uh, He's gaining a lot of respect around the league. There are a lot of people who think the Magic, once they fired Hennigan, should have turned to Perry. And the story that came out was that Perry was willing to trade for DeMarcus Cousins, which might have been good, might not have been. We don't know enough details. We don't know what the Kings were asking of the Magic, what it would have taken, uh, what indications Cousins gave about his likelihood to resign with the Magic. There were so many unknowns. The assumption people want to make, though, is that, hey, it probably wouldn't have been too much. Look how little the Kings got for for DeMarcus Cousins. And look at just how Hennigan's been wrong about so much. So, like, if his number two, if Scott Perry wanted to do something different, that might have made sense. So now Perry's going to the Kings. uh, And, again, he just has a ton of confidence around the league. People have just a ton of confidence in him. Uh, And this is not to say Scott Perry's going to fail with the Kings by any means. And it's not to say that Scott Perry is uh, not a good executive, and I'm that I feel even more strongly. But I think he is. However, the idea that he's going to fix the Kings and solve their problems is so misguided, because the Kings' problems run so deep, and they start at the top with the owner Vivek Ranadivé and trickle all the way down. It, it's a bad culture with somebody who doesn't know what he's doing on top, who's convinced that he knows what he's doing, and trying to interject himself so much. And it's so destructive, and Scott Perry, on his own, is not going to be able to fix that. And here's the, whole, the proof I have. The Magic, who had far less of a dysfunctional culture, but their own problems, top-down problems, structural problems, he didn't come close to fixing those. He can't do that on his own. There's no way he's going to do that in Sacramento. It's going to take so much more around him, so much more to get fixed there. Not something he can do his own, but I'm rooting for him. He's a Pistons guy. He's a Detroit guy. He's somebody who's moved on and, you know, somebody who, if you followed the team when the Pistons were very good and Joe Dumars was building this team, you knew who he was. You knew that he had a role in this. He's somebody you want to root for. I don't like his odds of success in Sacramento, uh, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope he can overcome that somehow. Uh, this week, we're going to get back into draft talk. We, we did that last week. You can check out the last few episodes of last week to hear some draft talk. We're starting to get into prospects. Definitely more coming. We're at the range of the draft. Where I want to be more in-depth with some of these guys. Uh, so it's not going to be quite as rapid fire as it was earlier last week, but more like it was at the end of last week when we get deeper into guys because the Pistons are probably going to be picking 12 or 13. So I don't want to spend too much time on the, the pie-in-the-sky prospects, but the guys who are going to be there at 12 or 13 or probably will be there that's who we're going to look more at. If you want to check those out, you can follow Locked On Pistons on Audioboom or subscribe on iTunes, or you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Feldman NBA. Thanks for listening.
0: Hi, this is David Locke, founder of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks so much for tuning in to your favorite Locked On Podcast. We have something really special going on here. We are the only daily local podcast format in the country, and we are one of the only places for local companies to be able to advertise on a podcast serving the fans, the listeners that want your product locally. No other podcast network does this for you. And that's why we want you to advertise right here on your favorite Locked On podcast. Our audience is 98% male. It's about 77% between the ages of 25 and 54 and also 77% between 18 and 44. So you're hitting the core demographic. If your company Wants men 25 to 54 or 18 to 44, then you should advertise right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'd love to have you. Our rates are reasonable. It's all based on the amount of listens. So you can email me, David Lock at DLock09 at gmail.com or contact your host. We'd love to have you aboard joining in with the great success that we're having on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.